In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, somewhere in western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. It's my new show for 2023. It replaces my old show, which was Computer Exorcist Show, that I did for the past decade on local talk radio. Um, The idea behind this show is, rather than keeping my message confined to my hometown now that this is a podcast it can hopefully spread so tell your friends anywhere that they can listen anytime whenever they want wherever they are um one of the what i'll do in a future episode is i I will dedicate a future episode to explaining what makes me different my company is called technosophy it means technical wisdom and I do everything the opposite of your normal computer guy. And, yeah, that should raise your eyebrows here, because most people hate their computer guy. They're always showing up and slapping duct tape all over stuff, and every time they leave, everything is worse, and they're doing update attacks, and they still think that viruses exist. Look, folks, viruses have not ever, ever, ever happened since 2013. And computer guys don't understand this because they don't keep up on their training. So they charge you monthly fees to, for fake feel-good security, false sense of security, um, and nothing gets done. Nothing is protected because they're not aware of the four new threats. So in a future episode, I'll go over those four new threats and all the other concepts that I do during a holistic Uh, initial makeover, things that make me different, and make it so that you just don't have problems anymore. Okay, let's do some articles. We're going to continue our series on 2002 articles. Um, This magazine that I have is from July and August of 2002. It's MIT's Technology Review And my mentor, Barb, gave me a stack of these old magazines, and it just, uh, I was fascinated reading them because 
it's so important to look back and see if we've made any progress. And and this is huge a lot of times in life, but especially in my industry where it's, hey, let's uh, slap a bunch of duct tape and Bondo on something and do a bunch of virus scans and it'll get better. Now, the reality is it doesn't get better, right? But it's important to look back and see it, to evaluate what you've done to see if it actually helps. Otherwise, you're just doing that definition of insanity, right? You're just touching the stove over and over again and expecting a different result. So, of course, last episode we talked about how software was so bad. Again, that was back in 02. And they claimed that they were going to fix it, and it just got worse and worse. It's because no one looked at the measures taken and evaluated them and said, hey, did this actually help? So this one's uh, um, more positive, uh, upbeat one here. It's, it's, uh, it's not as acrimonious as the last one. <clears throat> so this is called Ghana's Digital Dilemma. Bridging the digital divide in this African nation isn't just a matter of computer equipment care packages and free internet accounts, right? And, and that's a huge point, right? You can't just throw money at something or someone and expect it to get better, um, especially in my industry. You know, just buying kids a bunch of laptops doesn't help. You actually have to teach them the ins and outs of the technology. And guess what? It takes hunger, right? If you throw a laptop in front of someone who has it all and has no need to use it or learn it, that doesn't help. But if you throw something in front of some hungry young people in Africa who are ready to learn and to participate in this world economy and, and to make a contribution to society, right? Instead of the usual, ooh, make money online, right? How many of those ads have you seen and those those lunches where you go to, ooh, make money online, it's all about you and what you can get out of it, right? Think about what you can do for others instead of what you can get out of it. Okay, here goes. In the West African country of Ghana, one of the world's poorest places, the busy signal is a reminder of the unfulfilled promise of the information age. Making a telephone call here requires persistence. Roughly half don't go through because of system failures, but that's only the start. There's 240,000 phone lines for a population of 20 million, spread across an area the size of Britain. The installation of new phone line can cost a business more than a thousand bucks, the rough equivalent of the annual office rent. Lines are frequently stolen. Phones go dead and remain unrepaired for months. Some businesses hire staff for the cheap purpose of dialing phone numbers until calls go through. It's as if Microsoft ran the phone system in this country. The spread of mobile phones has only worsened telephone gridlock. Uh, 300,000 as of uh, March 02, but the, because of a shortage of cell phone stations, uh, customers are bedeviled by what operators term dropped calls, right? Well, that's like using Verizon today. It's, it's you know, you pray that you get an actual signal. Ghana's telecom mess limits the utility of the internet, but the situation here defies such straightforward conclusions. There is another side to the country's technological profile, a burgeoning homegrown technology culture that explodes assumptions about the backwardness of Africa and the so-called digital divide, right? It's amazing what you can do with a bunch of hungry people. I was a hungry guy 10 years ago trying to pay my bills. So I went around and I decided to, to just help people with their technology and it turns out 
I could solve a lot of things that no one else could solve because I came at it from a different perspective. The pioneers of the personal computer and the internet saw their technologies as a fresh chance for Africa to leapfrog over what would normally uh, be decades of development. Bill Gates and Kofi Annan began campaigning to close the digital divide. And that's great. So far, uh, the rich have dropped boatloads of computers onto the poor with no awareness of the environment in which the machines will be used, right? Again, you can't just slop computers onto people. you got to teach them the concepts, right? That's a good plug for my book. If you want to learn the real concepts of the computer industry in plain English, grab my book, How to Protect Yourself from Your Computer. Buy it for everyone you know who wants to learn about it. <clears throat> so you got to know the concepts. Um, technophiles are starting to recognize what development experts have long known, that no magic wand solves poverty, and to accept that they need to know much more about how people live. The people I've met are more adept at using these technologies and are hungrier for them than most experts believe, they say. But uh, Ghanans, uh, Ghanians are often thwarted by the failings of much older infrastructure. In the high-rise known as the Pyramid, in Ghana's capital city of Accra, hundreds of men and women type at computer keyboards, reading American health insurance claims on their computer screens. Each claims form has been digitized in the United States by Aetna and sent over to Accra. Here, a typist calls the name, address, and other information from the form, entering it into a new electronic form, and then sent back to the U.S. Of course, at this point, we're no longer filling out paper forms. You know, we start out, the information starts out as you filling it out on a web form. Um, but for situations where this is still needed, where you still need to read paper forms and digitize them, I would much rather hire a group of people who actually care and who are actually going to make sure things are right versus relying on something called OCR, which is a computer technology where a computer reads your handwritten document and tries to figure out what you said. Um, and computers are actually very, very bad at reading handwriting. You know, they can they can read uh, a typewriter, uh, what a typewriter wrote on an old page of an old book, but they're not great at handwriting. Uh, and the technology is called Object Character Recognition, or OCR. Again, computers are only so, can only do so much. And again, I would much rather pay normal people who appreciate it versus having some evil computer and paying some cloud company that's just going to start abusing people when it gets too big. Same thing with Uber and Lyft. I'd much rather pay a human being to drive me around uh, versus some evil computer that's going to control us and tell us where to go. Think about that, folks. The key technology is a satellite link that bypasses Accra's creaky phone system. I love that. The facility's manager convinced Ghana's government that the satellite would not steal business from the country's national phone company, right? There's, there's a lot of these myths and rumors you have to clear up, right? Plenty of times in my business I've had to clear up myths and rumors because people are so worried that their gravy train will be interrupted, right? Um... In one swoop, the satellite link has made a facility in Accra a thoroughly modern business. Tall windows that overlook the city and give glimpses of the Atlantic Ocean. That's awesome. Um, Ni Quenor, um, he's one of the few residents of Ghana who has a doctorate in computer science, says, Is there really a future in this for people other than secretaries? 
Quaynor believes creating high-tech product development jobs for local workers, but Ghana is in dire need of jobs. And so the processing of healthcare forms is potentially ground zero for the birth of labor-intensive industry in one of the places seemingly left behind by the computer revolution. Millions of people work in offshore data entry facilities, and I clearly anticipate other countries coming here, and probably larger ones. Ghana's president, John Kufour, made a surprise visit to the affiliated computer services office. He was impressed by the hundreds of computers he saw, the most in any business in the country, and the spotless working conditions. But what most amazed him was that work proceeded round the clock in a country where previously no white-collar work had been performed uh, in the evening. Affiliated Computer Services' ACRA operation is hampered by other basic infrastructure problems that mock its high-tech sophistication. Power outages, sometimes three or four a day, disrupt work and add to the wear and tear on computers. Ha! Can we say California 2022? Ha! You know, again, I mean, all you, you technophiles out there, you worship technology and you believe that everything's going to get better all the time. Technology makes everything better. But if you look at something for this article from 2002 and you compare it to today in, in 2022, 2023, you say to yourself, wow, some things actually do get worse, and especially the things where we try to push push technology on people, push it on people. <sighs> um, and, and of course, reliability. Nothing is more reliable. People still live in fear of the cloud and fear of reliability. You know, any Microsoft product you're using today, yeah, instead of buying a $10,000 Windows server, you're now paying massive rental fees, but it's the same product. Microsoft has never improved any of their products. It's just regurgitated garbage that they now place in a server room in India and make some poor guy deal with on the back end, and you have the semblance of reliability. But it's the same product. If you're using a, a on Microsoft.com business email address, you're using a 1991 regurgitated product called Exchange, which is naked to all threats. Anyway... This constant struggle with local infrastructure is also being waged in Accra's internet cafes. If you remember those, it was a way to democratize internet access, where if you didn't have a computer or home internet access, you could go to this cafe and pay a few bucks an hour to check some email. And that's, that's awfully cool. That was a great idea. Uh, and it made things more sociable. Two years ago, Accra lacked a single internet cafe. So that was in 2000. Now, they boast more than 600 of them a consequence of plummeting prices for PCs and new ways of circumventing the phone system to reach web servers, right? So you're using a, a direct internet connection as opposed to dial-up is what they were doing. Side note on the price of plummeting PCs. Um, this is a very important point, is that over the, the past decade, in the 2010s, um, PCs really haven't gotten any faster. So you have a PC from 2010, and it's almost as good as a PC from 2020. They haven't made any advancements. Um, so I make it a point to take this older technology that still functions, and I give it to people. Like, I have friends in Ghana. I have priest friends who are from Ghana who come and visit here sometimes, and I will give them my technology because guess what? They don't care that it's a couple years old. They want something that works. The only thing that's stopping people from using 10 or 20-year-old PCs anymore, uh, I mean, sure, between 2000 and 2010, there were huge leaps, absolutely. 
But between 2010 and 2020, there were relatively few improvements in speed. Um, but the only thing stopping these people from using these 10-year-old machines is the fact that websites are more ultra-bloated nowadays. If you notice, websites used to be fast. And no matter how fast your internet connection is or your computer or whatever, these websites are bloated because all websites are made by slobs. So you'll click on something and you'll get a spinning wheel that sits there and spins and spins and spins. Um, anyway, so the only reason newer machines with more horsepower are needed are, are for these new modern 2020s ultra-bloated websites that are out there. Um, anyway, yeah, I make it a point to, to give my African friends computers that are still fully functioning, and they appreciate them. And, and if you have any machines that are on your shelf, you can erase them and give them to friends anywhere who would appreciate them. Um, or at the very least, if they're dead, you can recycle them properly, please. Um, but what I'm saying is this is perfectly good stuff. You know, I, I have machines from 2005, 2007 that they aren't, aren't good enough for Internet use. They aren't good for daily use. But, but even those, I erase them and prepare them as vintage gaming machines. I gave them to my friend's kids. So, and maybe someday I'll have my African friends come on the show. Um, I have a buddy from Cameroon and, and, uh, my, my friends from Ghana and, and we'll, uh, we'll interview them someday, huh? And, and, you know, I'll tell you that the appetite for technology, you know, when I, when I give them a couple laptops and tablets and phones, they love it and they're thrilled, right? Cause they're, some people don't have anything. So they'll, they'll give it to people who they know who have nothing. They're thrilled to have something that works. They're not picky and spoiled like us. Uh, and they, they just have a great appetite for learning technology and harnessing it and using it for good, right? Everything I talk about on my shows is usually tech companies using technology in order to monitor and control us. But these folks are using it for good. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, uh, web access was far more expensive when they were using dial-up, and users had to phone places like London or Paris in order to get connected. That's bonkers. Africans relying largely on their own resources are coming to terms with the digital revolution and attempting it to, to make it their own, right? And that's something, too, relying on your own resources. They can't just call for reforms and call for government funding and demand funding. No, guess what? They're going to be crafty and, and do things on their own terms because no one out there is just going to pour money at them like what happens in, in the first world. Uh, there's um, a guy named Amaning, uh, Amaning and he, he um, he's just completed high school, but an uncle offered him an apprenticeship at his computer repair shop. He liked fixing PCs and attended a computer training school. Um, for 18 months, he learned the basics of PC hardware and networking, uh, and then joined a web advertising agency, and he also repaired PCs there. Wanting more skills, Amaning took a course on computer networks. His job is grueling. He works six days a week uh, at an internet cafe from 9 in the morning to 11 at night, but he earns the equivalent of $125 a month, or roughly four times the average wage. So that's really cool. Until late last year, Ghana's political leaders seemed blithely unaware of information technology, or IT. Now it is seen as a potential national salvation. Absolutely. There's no way we can raise our standard of living rapidly without IT. 
and side note, no matter where you are, you can make a choice to abuse people, right? The the support scammers I've been seeing lately um, have gone from, you know, the $800 fake virus scans to this new scam where it's, hey, hi, I'm Microsoft, and I'm going to transfer you to your bank, and you have a virus, therefore give us twenty eight grand, thirty grand, a hundred grand, three hundred grand, and people are just paying it, right? So anyway, these folks are looking for honest ways. Um, at least the folks in the article here, they're looking for honest ways to actually make money by helping people. I'm not against making a lot of money as long as you're helping people, right? <clears throat> the government of Ghana recently reached an agreement with India to open a programming training center in Accra. Who knows? One of you might be the next Bill Gates, uh, he tells the group of young people. And, and think about it. Uh, Mark Shuttleworth and Elon Musk are two billionaires who came out of Africa. Um, they were South Africans, and so, you know, no matter where you are, right, it's it's finding that entrepreneurial spirit, finding a way to help people. My my buddy, uh, who I named this microphone after, the guy who gave me this microphone, always told me, he said, Mark, you want to have a job where people are thrilled to pay you. People are thrilled to pay you because you help them out in so much. Does that make sense? Um, you want a job where people are thrilled to pay you. And that's so cool because I charge a lot of money, but people are thrilled to pay me because I've saved them zillions and zillions of dollars. Another guy, Roger, who's an IT manager, says, uh, Ghana will eventually produce IT innovations, but warns against expecting too much too soon, right? And that's a great point because it's one thing to start teaching people computers and data entry and uh, IT and web cafes and that sort of thing, but to expect someone to invent something right away, okay, that's a ways out. Uh, he believes government should support programs that bring Ghana's inexperienced IT people together. When people talk, ideas come up. Um, and that's a cool point, too, because, look, I don't have a computer degree. I have a business degree, so I come at this industry from a totally different perspective. And what I discovered was the people in it were all trained to worship the gravy train, what I call fear as a service, right? You make someone scared, you charge them monthly fees for patches and virus scans and updates, which don't protect them at all. But, oh, we love recurring revenue. Yeah, we love recurring re So I come at this from an ethics perspective of, okay, look, that's not ethical. How about we actually solve your problems once and for all? That's more ethical. Uh, Odom 10's workload is made heavier um, by bone-crushing automobile journeys. Okay, this is another guy. Travels three to five hours on Ghana's poorly maintained and congested roads to visit clients, right? Okay, so infrastructure, that's that's a great thing. If they just do basic investment in the highways, that'll help uh, uh, people like this guy. Uh, someday we'll service customers electronically over networks. Um, <laughs> that's like... Uh, if Rochester just fixed all their potholes, it would help my j grueling journeys throughout the day, too. Um, but this guy's right. Eventually, um, they can help customers through remote access tools, which became popular over the past 10 years. Uh, the great potential of IT to liberate people from drudgery and saturate their lives with knowledge. That's cool. On my first visit to Ghana, I went to the house of a Ghanaian friend. And this is the author speaking. Uh, my friend had never received paper mail but two months before he'd gotten an email address and for a few pennies he could send his own message to relatives halfway around the world 
he knows much more about the rest of the world than before, and that's a huge thing. But this very knowledge makes him more aware of his own poverty and isolation and the odds against his success in Ghana. My friend embodies the riddle I think of information technology in Africa. They both hurt and help. When I asked him what his customers did online, he said four out of five are trying to find ways to get out of Ghana. <laughs> hey, that's why I use a computer, to find ways to get out of Rochester and work from elsewhere. A Dutch couple runs a web design business. An English woman has joined with an East African to launch an e-tailer, offering African-made arts and crafts. That's cool. This juxtaposition of foreign energy coming into Ghana and local initiative could be just what Ghana needs. And when he's not giving computer lessons to his country's president, this uh, Roger says the foreigners rub off on us, triggering ideas. And look... When you, when you see a continent like Africa, again, it's important not to get on your high horse and start imposing your will on them. And, well, we think you should be more like us. And we think you should do this and that and this and that. We're going to come save you. No, that's a very important distinction here between that and, okay, let's give them computers, give them stuff we no longer need, and let them determine their own destiny for themselves. So look, I'm sure in the past 20 years their infrastructure has improved a lot and their internet uh, connectivity and reliability have improved a lot and there's a lot of IT-related companies that have sprung up there. Um, but but yeah, it, it's all about fostering their appetite for technology as opposed to coming in and thinking you are saving them. Uh, that's so important. Uh, and again, I'll try to get some of my friends on the show for an interview at some point. So this has been another episode of The Computer Exorcist Podcast, my new show for 2023. Certainly tell your friends about the show, and I appreciate when you do that. Um, if you need anything, uh, be it a cloud backup or high-end flashlights or web hosting or you name it, um, then go to my website and check out my recommendations section. And the companies I recommend on there are ones I actually do recommend. And by the way, they give me um, commissions, so that supports the show. So I appreciate that. Also on my recommendations page, you'll see a lot of free advice about what to buy and what to avoid. And certainly call me for free advice if, if you're about to buy something. Um, there's always that, that post-Christmas week when people call me up oh my kid came over with an hp or my kid came over with a, a combo box and oh great you didn't ask me before you put it in yeah all of a sudden nothing works anymore well great you know your kid means well and doesn't realize that there are brands in the big box stores that look like legitimate brands but they're actually destructive or non-functional brands like hp and so they mean well, and they buy you a gift, or they buy you one of those Alexas that records you throughout the day, or whatever. Um, please ask me for free advice before you buy or install something, please. My name is Mark Anthony Arena. I am your computer exorcist, thecomputerexorcist.com. Yeah, we're going to try to keep these episodes down to digestible half-hour episodes. Um, and again, we're going to try to have some fascinating guests on the show, because I know plenty of fascinating people. And uh, I've gotten great feedback from you guys about people I've interviewed in the past, and you seem to like it, so I'll keep it coming. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.